Have you ever wanted to be the first to know if aliens really exist? Well, with Nebula, you can be! Nebula is the streaming service that's home to its Probably Not Aliens, as well as our YouTube channels. And the best part? All of our content goes up early on Nebula. So when we break first contact with E.T., you'll be the first to find out. That's right, you'll be able to listen to the next episode of this show before anyone else. Plus, we post bonus content that you won't find any other place. And the best part? By signing up for Nebula at nebula.tv slash probablynotaliens, you're directly supporting the show and both of us. So don't wait any longer. Join Nebula today and be the first to know if this time it really is aliens. Presumably, if there's such a thing as a cold opening, there must be something called a hot opening, right? What is that? Is this where you start, like, yell, Jump like, into yelling? Jump into it. Into the, going in like, hot. That was the episode that started with Scott going, shut up, everybody. Shut yeah, up. Everyone, shut up. We're doing an episode right now. That was the hot <laughs> opening that we did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think a couple episodes ago, there was, like, one time where we want to reset. Some people, we're over 100 episodes. Some people don't know our whole thing. We're going to start, like, a regular episode. And we just went into it like, shut up, everyone. We're doing a regular episode today. But yeah, yeah it, it, it's when you don't do 10 minutes where you talk about movies or movies, something. And yeah, I get that's something normally wrong what we do. Did a movie happen? I don't know. I haven't seen a movie. I saw the holdovers. It was good. We were not going to talk about it. No. This is not a movie podcast. We're talking about Stonehenge. This is the last image on our podcast graphic that people see when they load up this podcast on whatever they listen to us on or watch us on. We're on YouTube. Sat on it for a long time. Uh, 109 seems like just the right amount of time to wait to do (laughs) one of the most iconic pieces of ancient alien ephemera. Yes. Um, And of course, because this is a, you know, amazing piece of ancient engineering, I uh, tapped in this in the sense that I uh, had some contact with and also I'm just like a really big fan of of Justin Rosniak who's here. Hello, I'm here. Yeah. And uh, you're here to uh, to to give us uh, some engineering slash quips. Uh, But Justin, you're uh, you're let me see if I can get the whole storyline right. So. You started off as a city skylines influencer making yes. uh, videos on the YouTube channel. Do not eat zero one. Um, the I, very, don't, I don't the, like. The I don't like. Branding. I don't like the term influencer. It makes me feel like I take <laughs> pictures on Instagram and then get free trips to Dubai. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, but yeah, you were you you were a. Um, a figure in the city skylines community uh, to the point where you got like interviewed by paradox randomly one time. Well, I wasn't that random. They did set it up and then fly themselves over here. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> but then uh, you shifted gears a couple years ago uh, by uh, getting signed up to the podcast. Well, there's your problem. Uh, pod no, branded as a podcast with slides. That's about engineering disasters with you, yes. uh, Liam and Alice. And now it seems to be, uh, it seems to have really taken off. It's, it's, it's a podcast and people like listening to it and it makes money. It's nice. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's all you can ask for with a podcast. Yes. 
Living so, the dream. Uh, but yeah, I have um, ever since I talked to Matt Thoughtslime, who said that the best YouTuber was Do Not Eat Zero One. I've been I've been I've been into getting into this because uh, yeah, urban design, engineering, um, how many decisions about why our cities look the way they are, are designed by years of racism and oppression. Perfect, great stuff. Yes. Can't recommend it enough. Um, that does sound so right thought, up your alley. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I liked the first the first thing that kind of took me away and like my brain broke a little bit because I had you know my urban design knowledge was whether I chose green yellow or red in um in Sim City and then hmm. people complaining because I refused to figure out how to give everybody water because I thought that the water system was too annoying so I just never gave anyone water. <laughs> uh, Use wells, it's fine. Yeah. Get a septic tank. <laughs> it's perfect uh but ever since i i saw the whole when you said that statement about like that's not how cities work like the mm-hmm. cities are cities aren't like these things that you can like demolishing things costs money when you make yes. decisions uh based on the priorities of the time you live in you're making decisions in glass and steel and concrete and it's not easy necessarily to get rid of it and that these decisions have consequences and you've shown like I know I'm like pitching the channel really hard, but like yeah. there's videos where you talk about how like an urban highway through a city demolishes entire neighborhoods and like mm. destroys uh, entire like the entire flow of a city or how the need for parking, uh, like parking requirements completely destroy uh, function the function of downtown cities and stuff. It's like, ah, dang, yeah. cars. I get this I, now. Cars are bad. You know what else is surprisingly uh resilient uh to change is uh henges actually oh yeah um, interesting yeah, that I, you bring that I, up yeah yeah thank yeah, you guys for keeping us on topic <laughs> <laughs> so i believe uh, i believe these stonehenge as was they tried to tear it down several times during like the middle ages and just no one could not no one could go go through with it <laughs> yeah big just, rocks it was how do you too difficult how do you do it <laughs> yeah we kind of forgot about how like um like a lot of the stuff that's like from like ancient times that is gone like there's a reason why it's gone it's not just because of like weather but it's because like in the middle ages people just didn't kind of give a shit about history and so like yeah. they just took stuff from that to build things like um i think the big one is like how a good chunk of the coliseum is gone because people just took stones from it to build needed stuff. stones they took yeah. stones out uh not just build stuff but also they burned the marble to make lime um a big one was the little stone clips between all the big stones they'd take those out and melt them down oh. into uh what whatever they needed it for um yeah it's surprising that um you know some of the stuff survived as long as it did uh, the other thing is there despite all this there are still like roman buildings ancient roman buildings in use as regular buildings in rome which is kind of funny oh, dang that's awesome yeah every time I, I i remember once being like kind of impressed when i moved into my house and it's like this house is a hundred years old and then uh mia was like only um <laughs> <laughs> like in sweden like i live in a viking longhouse what about you um so, but yeah we are talking about stonehenge today finally finally episodes in now there's some significant reason why we um there is a reason why it took 109 episodes for us to get to it but that tell I can, me i can save for later no it, it, oh, it's part of ma- right. making you sad so okay Okay. All right. Also, this is a podcast called "It's Probably Not Aliens." <laughs> oh, yes. Sorry. Yeah. Um, we talk about ancient ancient astronaut theory, ancient uh, aliens, pseudo history, pseudo archaeology, yes. and this is our first show since we took a few weeks off for the holidays. So we burned uh, all of a our back bit. catalog. We are doing this live, baby. Yeah, we are raw. My name is Scott Nicewander. I know nothing. I come to this podcast with uh with 
clear eyes, full hearts, and I'm just here to learn, as Tristan tells me about as, about Stonehenge, finally. And he can answer for his crimes for not doing it sooner. Yeah, I'm Tristan Johnson, and I am. I just, I, I, I am. I am. I still you are. am. You I am. somehow continue to am. It's true. But here's basically the main the main gist about what people, what millions of people around the world, millions of ancient astronauts believe, yeah, that Stonehenge is, first of all, Stonehenge is what archaeologists call really, really fucking old. But there are some people who suggest that it's even older than that. Oh, old as balls. Oh, that's the technical term for it that they do use. Mainstream archaeologists use the term (laughs) old as balls. You'll be surprised, though, to find out, Scott, that this follows, as we've called uh, the two genders of pseudo-archaeology. So uh, the two genders of pseudo-archaeology being that, one, everything is from a ancient civilization of Atlanteans who were most definitely white in the Stone Age. Yep. In the Ice Age Mm -hmm. that built things way longer, way older. We call that the Gramcock hypothesis. Mm-hmm. Um, the second would be uh, no, it's aliens. No, it's aliens. You're being ridiculous. Yes. You're being ridiculous. It's obviously aliens. So those are like the two claims about Stonehenge. So like the first one is yeah, uh, an ancient civilization of very definitely white people made it. Uh, that it has uh, like possibly Atlantis. Sure. And that there was like this. It's part of a vast network of ancient advanced societies. But the other is that it was built by aliens, um, mostly pointing to things like how Stonehenge has interesting precise alignments of stones to celestial bodies and uh, it's often cited as evidence of advanced astronomical knowledge that people Mm. who could look at stars would not possibly be able to do (laughs) yeah 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 you know it's not like not like you just you know wait there until the day that you wanted it to align with something and then draw a line in the ground with a stick that's impossible can't do that can't do that can't look up people back then couldn't look up they couldn't look up at the sky they didn't know how they're like dogs if they looked up they drowned yeah as 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 a fan of architecture uh people still can't look up Um, (laughs) no one's ever seen the second floor of a building from the outside i'm pretty sure it's certain and no (laughs) one knows they're like wow all these buildings are so flat and so small i will if only we could go up but how humans are secretly two-dimensional yes <laughs> but the idea is the other uh, the other aspect that it goes down is that um that stonehenge is so complex mm. and the the precision and the bigness of the rocks how move how move big rock how, how move, move big rock, big rock. Um, we're back we're, we're back, back. It's at a, it. it's a classic a classic of the show some theories have also proposed um again citation needed but that the that stonehenge maybe was a landing pad for spacecraft of course other claims include it being a portal to another world yep yep uh or that it was used somehow for communication with extraterrestrials or just that it has Ooh. stuff to do with magic or ancient druids or any other sort yeah. of uh interesting mystical esoteric uh, need i guess there are actually three genders of pseudo-archaeology there's Gramcock, there's ancient aliens and yeah. then there's magic <laughs> magic could do it I, I've heard all, I, I, actually, I've not heard the Atlantis one tied to Stonehenge, but aliens and magic, absolutely like top tier. Like yeah. that's what people think. People usually think one or the other for Stonehenge. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's either that or it's like one of those big old fashioned uh, over the horizon radar setups like the Russians had, except executed mm. in stone, um, which mm. I assume works. 
<laughs> it, it must. It must work. Yeah. They were communicating with like, uh, what's it called? We we, we kind of mentioned that they were tied into the world grid. Um, oh, yes. I don't know if you knew this, but the world is full of uh, grid energy. And if you just build stuff on certain points, it can power stuff. Yeah. Natural oh, energy well. from ley lines and things like that. And if you line it up, then you don't need electricity or anything. So that's pretty cool. Well, I, I think it probably did. It did use electricity. It's just that copper thieves got to it. Um, um, yeah, they didn't put um, back in the Stone Age. They didn't know to put that sign on it that says that it's a composite and therefore has no market value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be smart. That would be a smart thing to do. Okay, so let's go. Let's go um, to the basic rundown of the claims. So the first, the origins of the ancient astronaut claims around Stonehenge originate in a certain 1968 book by one Eric von Daniken. Oh no. Uh. He's back. Yeah, we're, we haven't. We haven't. Von Daniken. Von Daniken hasn't come Von back in quite a while. Yeah, but uh, in Chariots of the Gods, uh-huh. uh, in 1968, he was the one that's responsible for popularizing the idea that the Stonehenge and other ancient monuments were created by aliens. Um, he claimed that these monuments were built by aliens. That their complexity and scale were evidence that they're beyond human capabilities. Mm. And his uh, theories have been, of course, widely debunked because. Because we actually have a reasonably decent idea of how Stonehenge was built, but this that's is a it's just some it's just some rocks. It's they just big rocks. Rocks trip it's them up just... so bad, Justin. Rocks trip <laughs> these people up so much. We went to the see aliens. People, um, yeah. really have uh, have really struggled with the concept of fulcrums. Yeah. Wow, we went to see. Wow. At, at some point, we'll stop mentioning this on shows, but it's just so fresh in our minds. Still, we went to see Ancient Aliens live with with some of the people in the show, and they constantly talked about like forget about the carving or whatever. We're talking about transport. How did they take the? How did they transport these big rocks from one place to another? There's no way they could have done it. There's no way they could have moved it in these weird positions. It's like all they think about at night. And yeah, we're going to even said during the show when they were talking about that, they're like, England's a hard place to move things around. It's full of hills and rivers. And I'm like, man, I hope someday they learn how to transport things on rivers. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, you know, you, you, you could probably build this thing called a boat. Uh, mm. Those are good for moving big things like stones. Yeah, it's um, great, actually. They're fantastic. <laughs> I've heard theories. So that that's like that's the main part. Uh then um yeah the 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 size and its complexity are too advanced for Neolithic people when it was built in the sort of stone age. Mm. And come on, Lithic is right there in the name. Yeah. <laughs> These guys <laughs> are good with rocks. <laughs> they're so good with them. <laughs> it's their one thing. They only have yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, they're they're living the Fred Flintstone lifestyle back then. <laughs> <laughs> and Flintstone like, is in his name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you see, that's the thing. It wasn't aliens. They had their, their Brontosaurus mm-hmm. lifted up and, and drop it into place. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> and then when it was Quentin time, they just uh, sailed down the tail and into their uh, walking car. That's right. Yes. <laughs> but like, I mean, like if it was like, if, if it was not Stonehenge, but was like, Tokamak Henge, that might be a little bit more interesting. Like then I'd be like, okay, yeah. I can believe yeah. that Stonehenge that Stone Age people could move stones. I don't know if they could build a fusion reactor, but you know, that that would be more of a surprise. <laughs> yes. So but yeah, the other the other sticking point is not only they move big rock, but as as we pointed out, that everything is aligned precisely with 
various astronomical phenomena, specifically uh, the solstices. The uh, the sun rises at a very specific point in Stonehenge on the summer solstice, and it sets at a certain time at the winter solstice. There's also the idea that it was obviously not aliens, but that it meant that there was this ancient civilization, again, the Atlanteans, that built yeah. it with advanced technology, which is sort of this, again, the Graham Cock hypothesis, just to kind of give everybody a, a background, is that there was an ancient, highly advanced civilization that lived in the Pleistocene and that they seeded all of the knowledge on how to build civilization afterwards. That's sort of the concept. Uh, very popular with Joe Rogan, actually. Interesting. Uh, enough. Developed this incredibly advanced technology of putting rocks on top of other rocks. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, and we haven't gotten, we haven't debunked anything yet, but maybe that makes some sort of satellite communication device with aliens. And they were able to figure that out. That's pretty impressive. So. I like the idea that it's an incredibly advanced ancient civilization, but the pinnacle of their technology is like a road crane, like one yeah. of those big Liebherr road cranes, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. and it's like, this, this is the peak of civilization. We'll never get any better than this. <laughs> De- Dear MacGyver, here is 20 tons of, of, uh, of granite. Please build a communication device <laughs> for our alien overlords. So uh, why, don't I, why don't I just like uh, dive into the into the thing. So first of all, let's talk about advanced construction claims. Advanced, again, we've kind of danced around this because it's extremely funny. The advanced construction of the impossibility of being able to move rocks and put them in place. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it, this we're kind of coming back to a constant theme in ancient astronaut theory, which is just the denial of the existence of simple machines. Like it, it, it's, it's fulcrums. It, 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 it's, you, you know, yeah. Have you ever, have Le- you ever lever, yeah. lever, pulley, mm, lever? Um, yes. Screw. First, second, third class lever. Yes. It's easy. <laughs> yes, easy. Like, and the thing is that every time you hear about these impossible constructions being done by ancient civilizations, then when the archaeologists get their hands on things, they find that oh no, they used it was a pulley. It was a pulley, and just having lots of time on your hands. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of want to talk about like how uh, this works, like. The study of the construction of Stonehenge is obviously very interesting because like we, we do, we do joke, but also the building something that sturdy and that heavy with those, that kind of material and moving things as far as it did was genuinely a very impressive no, thing for stone age people to do. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Look, we, we're joking because we're, because of the, the folks who don't believe that humans could, could do it just sort of on their own. But I think it's, it doesn't, I don't think it takes away from the fact that it's so cool that, that humans were able to do something like this. It is cool. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's big. It was a big job. It took like a thousand years or something to do, right? Yeah. So like, this is the thing is like, how did we find out how it was built? Was that we followed something called uh, the scientific method. So archaeologists have been studying. (laughs) It's not a common use here, but we have been able to like, for example, when talking about the age of the site, we're able to use things like carbon 14 dating or dendrochronology to find a timeline of the construction of these things. And we can find, yeah, that it was built over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. That it was built very, you know, very much aligned in the sort of uh, capabilities of humans in that era. It's not even unheard of at the time. Like we did an episode a few was like a year ago now about sure. the stones at Karnak or, or sorry, the stones in, in France. I think they're called yeah. the Karnak stones. 
the car next stands. We didn't have to set about that. Yeah. And it's like, it's another thing of moving big rocks to build different stuff. Like, like yeah. this is, it's not alone. So here, like the thing, like if I was trying to figure out whether or not something was of extraterrestrial origin, you would probably look for something that was notably advanced for its time. And mm-hmm. also out of context with the other constructions of its period. Sure. And this is not either of them. Yes, so. like, a, like a cell phone tower or like, uh, or like, um, I don't know, like it's, it's, it, um, a I, Denny's. I can't think of it. Yeah. A Denny's. Yeah. A Denny's would be a good indicate or like an ancient Roman Arby's, the RB. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right next to the vomitorium actually yes uh, <laughs> the other part too is um yeah the, the the claims about this being so like because of the um the archaeological work we've done we have a pretty decent timeline of how it was built where it was built and the sort of things that were done there mm-hmm. furthermore on the other claims that it was like it was too precise for the astronomical knowledge of the period it is also another impressive thing but also there's decent evidence that shows that if you do put a stick in the ground when you see the sun rising at a certain point, you can then put something there later and be mm. able to align with it well. Sort of what probably Justin why was it saying. took a thousand yeah. years is because you know the weather is so grim in Britain that they couldn't see the sun they two times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was the main hurdle they had to get over was the sun. Yeah, <laughs> there's actually um there's a there's a Canadian equivalent of the onion called the Beaverton. Fun. And they do a bunch of jokes. They do a, they do a bunch of very good Canadian jokes. Like the first one that comes to mind is every single year on New Year's Day, they post uh, London, Ontario voted, voted second best London for 162nd consecutive year. <laughs> <laughs> but the other one is um, there was a story about uh, Vancouverites uh, shocked to see burning ball of flame in the sky and like noted <laughs> authorities about its presence. Oh, that's good. Looking at the astronomical, like this is also very much within the scope of what people could do at the time with the technology they had. And we've kind of mentioned on the show before, but I'll get into a little bit later that this was a society that had a lot of reverence for celestial phenomenon. And like, it's not uncommon to see in many civilizations, uh, especially before light pollution to have uh, a strong attachment to stars, movements of the, of the seasons and things like that. Not only because it's important for like, you know, tracking farm stuff when you say don't have calendars or clocks Mm -hmm. uh so like knowing like the length of days and tracking those things is important for knowing when plant when when harvest and when how to survive basically yeah yes and and so and also just if you've i don't know if if you've ever been camping and you go outside at nighttime and you see what the sky looks like without light pollution it's kind of hard not to have like a kind of semi-divine experience it's kind of an amazing thing to see and imagine them seeing that every single night like it would be it does it, 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 it isn't a stretch of our really imagination to be able to say i i base a civilization off of tracking these and noticing things about them yeah i mean every every, every couple of months we go out to my wife's parents have a have a place in north carolina where we go to and and it's like a it's it's like a sea turtle sort of like sanctuary i guess it's what (laughs) sea turtle restaurant it's a sea turtle restaurant we eat them it's delicious um but because of that where you can't have lights on past certain points of uh of the evening because the sea turtles could get confused so it makes that area super dark so you can see all of the stars in the sky when it's when it's nice and clear and there's no clouds and it, it never ceases to make me like just pause and be like oh my god what that's so look it's it's beautiful it makes me feel small it's Mm -hmm. i don't know it's it's stars are cool man yeah 
it's kind of interesting because like um i wonder if there's any sort of thinking like any sort of like link between like being incredulous that ancient people would have this sort of deep connection and this like sort of noticing of astronomical phenomenon and the sort of increasing of light pollution as we urbanize as a society because mm. then you could think about how like because now you know we barely see the stars at all because of lights yeah well you got to think this probably this probably didn't become a problem until like the 1800s Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like, yeah, it's not like, you know, the, I, apart from like, uh, apparently there were some towns in Spain under like Islamic rule that had street lights as early as like the 1100s, uh, oh, like whoa. gas lamps. Uh, this was, you know, light pollution is just a non-issue even mm-hmm. in the biggest cities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until yeah, like, yeah. like the 1800s. Until, yeah. It's a relatively. So tired of so many people getting murdered at night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I also remember that there were some attempts really early on when they hadn't figured out the way to do it right where one idea was just make one really big light and have it like hover over the city. Oh no, that's oh, yeah. scary. You get your, 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 big, your big moon lamp, yeah. Oh no. Or your moon tower. Yeah, that's what they're called. That was still have them in Austin. Oh yeah, my so like, God. I, I always love when there's like some sort of infrastructure thing that we take for granted and you like see like the different ways that we took a stab at it when it first started. <laughs> Things like that. Like that's, that's like, so funny. It's like that big, uh, the, the telephone switching tower in uh, uh, Stockholm. That's a good image where they just, you know, they have one central tower and cords that's just sort of drape off it to like every building in the city. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Oh. <laughs> like looks like a, like a, what's it called? Like an electricity tower in the favelas or something ah yeah except much bigger yeah yeah it's 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 always uh it's always wild to see that kind of stuff anyways but yeah that that like furthermore like like ipso facto like i know this is like not the strongest debunking because it's like hey uh, a lot of the points of this are really bad and if you think about them for more than like 10 seconds Mm -hmm. like it does i've been to stonehenge i've seen the thing it's really cool you can't go close to it anymore anymore uh because of um they don't want it to uh erode and as we've learned uh when you introduce people to ancient stuff yeah bad things happen we learned that pretty early on Mm -hmm. so like when i went to stonehenge which was like in 2007 you could only like walk around it but you had to keep like several hundred meters away which i was like that's fine i i i get it i'm fine with this uh but like except they did say that there's some religious exceptions because there are people who call themselves uh there's like you know neo-pagan druid type people who have like a sort of religious claim to using it although 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 uh, there's actually um because one of the major claims too that is a pseudo historical claim about the site is that it was used by ancient druids for rituals which is actually apparently not there's no evidence that that is that was actually the case so it was used by ancient peoples but it was not maybe it might maybe it was like used if there were druids living in the area but it was definitely not built by them. Uh, it was used for that ritual of checking what month it is yeah <laughs> but i do want to actually tell you what stonehenge instead of telling you what stonehenge wasn't i could tell you what stonehenge was is i would love that i'm i'm itching to know tristan but first okay i want to tell you i want to uh tell you about the good word of product and service oh okay let's go Man, that was some good product and service. Um, Always is. Never fails to disappoint. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to purchase and use product or service. We all are. And it's great to have a third person here to validate the way that we feel every week. So thank three you. Three out of three podcast hosts recommend product yeah. and service. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tristan. What is Stonehenge? What? It, you, you did a little bit of a childress there. What is... <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you know, people do people do call me the a modern day, a real life Indiana Jones. I don't claim that I am, but people do say that I am. Yeah. So, so first, I think we should tell you about what we're referring to when we refer to the Stone Age. Uh, so the, 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 the more specific name for when it was built was the Neolithic period uh, or the new Stone Age. This is like the Ooh. young, hip Gen Z Stone the, Age, yeah. not like the sort of elder millennial Stone Age like me. Yeah. Um, they have ticked. They don't have TikTok. They have TikTok. That was a joke. Everyone t- clapped. Tick, t- hooray! <laughs> Good joke. Everyone laughed. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Podcast was actually a laughter a, sign. <laughs> it was. It was still a sort of bird that you kept in your pocket, and then you yeah, know, that's he, what it was. Yeah. <laughs> I got a tweet about this, and you just like throw a rock at a bird. <laughs> yeah. It's a living. We could write a Flintstones episode. When does Flintstones enter public domain? Oh, twenty sixty something. Twenty eighty something. I'm trying to remember the thing because I did send you the thing today where I found out that um, Steamboat Willie just entered the public domain, which is everyone yes. knows. But I did find out that we are uh, about ten years out from Superman entering yes. the public domain. Very so, exciting. Um, I can't wait to see what they do with that <laughs> horror movie. Where super they've already done stuff like that. Anyway, yeah, that's just that's just the boys. That's um, just the boys. I'm it's su- just bright burn. It's all that stuff. I'm surprised they didn't do a horror knockoff of The Great Gatsby. Yeah, that's just, um, that's just called the 2020s. Yeah, <laughs> we're living um, it. Yeah, or or the 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 social network or something. Yeah. Um, okay. So the so the Neolithic period uh, occurred uh, a long ass time ago. Or sorry, uh, uh, balls. It's old as balls. Old as old balls. As balls. Yep. Old as balls as <laughs> a technical you. term. <laughs> Uh, beginning around 12,000 years ago and ending around 3,500 or at, at around the term around 3,500 BCE, which would be about 5,000, five and a half thousand years ago. Old as balls. Old as balls. In Britain, the stone, and because, you know, we, we, when we're tracing ages like this, mm-hmm. we kind of have to trace it by like, it, it, like a stone age in one area is not going to be the same as in another area because it's traced by when people started using stones rather than like when people mm. started, like you can't really call like a bra, even though the bronze age was happening, like in another place, like in Egypt or something, you couldn't say that the bronze age was happening somewhere else unless they started using bronze. Right. So, oh. so like before the stone age is the wood age or like wood age, <laughs> I think before that you're just in like a uh i mean there's the paleolithic which is the old stone age and i think before that is basically oh. like the pre-tool use <laughs> for oh the most i part. see i see no, no one could figure vibing. out tools back then yeah yeah or at least like uh the paleolithic age is like very old and i feel like um when you get before the paleolithic age you're almost uh, this is gonna end up on a christian's episode for sure but you're almost getting to the point where we're not humans anymore kind of an age uh, cause I think that we figured out rocks useful very early, um, yeah. uh, but the, the, the new stone age, yes, but in Britain, the new stone age or the, the Neolithic period mm-hmm. lasted from about 4,000 to 2,500 BCE because it was on an Island. So it was a little bit, you know, ever since the Pleistocene, the British islands had been separated from mainland Europe. And so th- they, they got things later. So only ending about four and a half thousand years ago, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a significant period in, uh, human history because the Neolithic era is significant is considered the beginning of what you know we would maybe in a uh less than um it's the beginning of what somebody who maybe plays a game like civilization for a living or mm. seven wonders would consider the beginning of civilization right uh, the term saying the beginning of civilization now is a little bit uh it, it says it, it, it assumes too much gotcha. but but basically what this means 
is that it was the development of things like agriculture, permanent dwellings, yes. uh, polished stone tools, and complex social structures. Mm. So uh, that means like farming became a thing and people started to uh, live in more permanent dwellings. And you can imagine that that is a pretty significant uh, aspect of, un- of, of a change for the human species at that yeah. point. Thanks to complex social structures, humans could finally go to a party where they didn't really know anyone and feel awkward there. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, boy. It's what we all were striving for. Yes. It's been four years since I've had to endure that kind of experience. And I, uh... (laughs) hey, I'm glad you said that because my wedding was last year. So that means you weren't that you didn't experience that at that party. So I appreciate that. No, no, no. Uh, What's it called? That's because, yeah, everybody who I knew from everyone of Scott's circle uh, instantly became like besties in like 10 seconds. It It was was so fun. No one, none of my groomsmen knew each other, but they were all, by the end of it, they were all like, so we're all going to continue this group chat forever, right? And I'm like, yes. Yeah, Yeah, for real. But like, furthermore, this like, this move towards that, uh, one of the most fun things I always say is a a, a interesting fun fact about uh, this particular change in humanity is that you can tell in the archaeological record when society started settling and developing agriculture. You notice because they start getting stunted, their teeth start rotting, and they they basically like get mm. really, really unhealthy for a while. Okay. The reason is because if you live a nomadic hunter-gatherer lifestyle, you're doing the following. Walking a lot during okay. the day. Two, Good. eating vegetables pretty regularly. Thanks. And Good. three, yes. uh, you are having a mix of nutrients in your diet involving plants, but also animals animal protein, all that kind of stuff. When you are a farmer, you still yeah. walk a lot, okay. but not as much. Uh, you actually, actually, I think you end up work, walking a lot more because agriculture takes a lot more work per day to actually uh, maintain things because you have to do the work for all the people who, because of complex social structures, don't have to work anymore. Yeah. Uh, yes. I think we call them rulers. Oh, yeah. interesting. Uh, we call them it governments was, now. It's true now and it's true back then. No one <laughs> wants to work anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> two, all of that, that varied diet of animal and vegetable proteins is replaced with at the beginning mostly bread okay so not only are you not getting all the vitamins and minerals you need to grow big and strong like your mom always said when she was trying to get you to drink milk but uh now you are also eating nothing but carbohydrates and that means that your teeth um teeth and sugar are not best friends and so your teeth start rotting away Mm, probably 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 drinking those carbohydrates as well yeah Mm. beer Uh, beer yeah yeah, another classic liquid bread that's literally how it started um, people have recreated old beer and it's not very alcoholic. It just is liquid bread for the most part. Yeah. Ice. Uh, and, but having, but the thing is that bread is, uh, what makes it so fascinating is that it's calories that are portable and, uh, last longer mm. than fresh vegetables. And like the grains you use to make bread can stay in a granary for years without being touched. So you can store extra food for next year and like that kind of stuff. So like that's, that's how the civilization happens. And then also your average person working a full day can produce more calories than they consume, which means that you can have people who say that there are, you know, gods, uh, they say gods tell us now that you, that we need to get stuff from you. Mm-hmm. And that's how you end up with all of this civilization. Yes. That's um, civilization. This is now an anarcho-primitivist podcast. I don't know if you guys know, but um, <laughs> like, no, I, I believe agriculture was good because without agriculture, we would not have toilet paper. And it's if true. we didn't have toilet that. paper, we would all have doo-doo ass all the time. Love Without that. toilet so, paper, we would all have to use bidets like Europeans. Yeah, well, that's a good Gross. point. Those are actually much nicer. Actually, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But we wouldn't have invented those either. Yeah. You need to, have to, you need to invent toilet paper before you invent bidets. <laughs> 
Um, no, you just like to um, invent a bidet, you must first invent the universe. <laughs> <laughs> you actually, um, the bidet predates humanity. Um, I don't know if you've ever been, but uh, but Old Faithful or uh, a geyser. Oh, that's <laughs> that's going to be painful. <laughs> that would be that's, horrible. <laughs> that's, you know, that that works a little too well. <laughs> yeah, you're you're um, cleaned. You're cleaned off of the face of the earth. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's, I need to be purified. Um, okay. <laughs> but then it, the problem is that if you use if you the, the main problem with using something like uh, Old Faithful as a bidet is that you would then smell like rotten eggs all day because of all the sulfur in the water. That's the main. That's, yeah, that's why that's people the don't main do it. problem. That's yeah. The main problem. That in the third degree burns. One. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. So so the Neolithic Revolution in Britain uh, was, uh, and I'm sorry. This will this will be this will anger a lot of our our Brexit supporting audience. But um, the the reason that the Neolithic Revolution happened in Britain and it made uh, society you know much more developed and advanced is because migrants. Uh, came to the country through Central Europe and introduced mm-hmm. these ideas to the British people, to the ancient Britons. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was a significant evolution of this period in social structures, sophisticated stone tools. I mean, we all know. Have you have you seen what you can do with these rocks? <laughs> have you seen rock? Have you, have seen, you seen a rock things? before? I've just I'm here been to like spread the good word of rock. And, yeah. yeah, look at my cool rock. <laughs> As we all know, the be- like Britain, Britain always gets improved when it is uh, when it is conquered or when uh, when it's, when it's conquered. Anyway, as a, yeah. as, a, as, a as a person whose uh, traditional family name is Billado, I am uh, perfectly uh, neutral in this, and that uh, England did mm-hmm. not get improved at all by ten or was was vastly improved by ten sixty six. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, every once in a while, you got to go in and straighten out the Britons. I think right now Britain is ripe for an invasion of some kind. That's um, true. I think maybe we should annex it as like the fifty first state. Um, there you, you know, go. Or something like we gotta, we gotta, we gotta get these what people back in line. What a power move that would be, huh? Yeah. Yeah. To be yeah. Like, hey, we we're we escaped you, but you can come join us now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You you want a, a government that's more functional? Um, join the United States of America. Somehow an improvement. <laughs> Somehow. Over whatever the fuck they're doing there. <laughs> or for feeling really spicy, um, Norway. I just want to let you know that the Britons have been filling their churches with gold for hundreds of years now and you have done nothing about it mm-hmm. uh i'm just saying if it's uh if you if you know if you want to if you want to return to an ancient practice of uh of visiting britain's for its beautiful churches and its uh and its treasures uh yes that sounds like a plan i think i think uh norwegian uh, uh invasion of britain i think is overdue um these people can't be trusted to govern themselves it's mm-hmm. time for regime change <laughs> um, true. They found oil underneath uh, underneath England, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. So uh, to kind of go back to the Neolithic thing, uh, mm-hmm. this is when we started seeing not only like stonework, but also tool making using stone uh, or using wood and bone. And Stonehenge mm-hmm. was also built in this period, showing that this was also a period where uh, the knowledge and and uh, tricks used to do bigger engineering projects started to become a thing. This is when yeah. they figured out, oh, we can move big rock. If they you, figured it if out you all balance the way back rock then. on pointy thing, you can yeah. move very big rock. Oh, that's yes. awesome. We're still trying to figure that out now. It's true. Apparently. <laughs> History channel uh, hosts, definitely. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this is when you start seeing techniques like drilling. Okay, I'm a nice. big fan of drilling myself. Huge, uh, and and the and the technology to move large stones to build things. And um, you can see this also in other things, like they became skilled artisans in this period. You see intricate pottery. You see jade being ch- uh, carved. Ooh, 
and you start seeing these in tombs, which is also the uh, this is this is the part where things are getting a little bit murky because this is like the suggestion that uh, this is like when they started settling and 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 uh, farming is when they started uh, believing in things like the afterlife or the existence of social classes. Mm. But interestingly enough, at another site that we're probably gonna have to talk to out on this podcast at some point at Gobekli Tepe, which was mm. a older site than Stonehenge by like many thousands of years shows that organized religion and this like social classes might actually predate like agriculture and settled civilization because it's like a, another sort of megalithic site built before ah. agriculture gotcha, which is gotcha. wild hmm. but that was just that was just some folks uh showing up like hey let's let's build a big let's build a henge boys uh <laughs> gotta build a henge. nothing else to do i mean gotta get what's it called you gotta spend all that extra get crack open a few of those uh liquid breads and uh let's yeah. get to work <laughs> So it's like digging a hole on the dudes. beach, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just guys being dudes. Just guys being dudes. Building a henge. <laughs> Uh, you know, like, uh, you know how like guys today, like sometimes if you're like, oh, I got to like dig up a tree stump in the backyard or something, you get everyone over and you make a whole thing out of it. It's oh, like yeah. that. It's, it just got out of the yes. hand and they ended up making a hinge out of it. <laughs> uh, so that is, that's, that, that's like, so this, that, that's the context of the period of Stonehenge. Like the stone age was this period where there was this like explosion of innovation and new ideas and, and a new way of running society happening across the world. And it did eventually get to Britain. Okay. But you are still a, you are still avoiding the question. What, yeah, is what is Stonehenge? Stonehenge. Yeah. Stonehenge is in Wiltshire and it is, okay. uh, and I'm sure I'll, I'm just going to do all the takes because there is never a correct way to pronounce any city in Britain. So Wiltshire, Wiltshire, mm-hmm. Wiltshire, uh, Wildshire. <laughs> yep. Um, and then probably just something like Wilshire. Uh, sure. Wilshire. Wilkesboro, Wilkesbury. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just add letters Whichever one of those. Yeah. I know that all yeah. of them, uh, all of them are wrong. And usually the one that's right is completely phonetically incoherent. So. Uh, Wilkes that's the bar. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Um, so, uh, and it is a, uh, it, it is a sophisticated inteled stone circle, and it is one of the most impressive constructions of the Neolithic period, uh, was probably the, what we can figure out about it is that it probably served in some capacity as a cremation cemetery, but also as mm. a place for people to gather, uh, to celebrate the changing of seasons, at least yeah. during the third and fourth millennia BCE. Its construction shows that there was, yeah, a lot of use of simple tools and technologies, simple machines, and the beginnings of what we would call engineering. Oh. Uh, to kind of, if you haven't seen this before, in case you are, in case you were literally born yesterday and decided your first act was going to be to listen to episode 109 of It's Probably Not Aliens. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, Stonehenge <laughs> is a circle of stones where there are two vertical, very large, heavy stones with a very large vertical stone the, balanced on no top of No other episode of this podcast yeah. could we get this far into it before describing the yep. thing that we're talking about. <laughs> It's, it's a henge. Everyone knows what a henge is. You know is. what a henge is. Think of a henge of stone. It's a stone henge. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a henge built out of. Think of the henge you have in your house. Everyone's got henge. Use every day. Yeah, it's like that, but bigger and made of stone. That's it. Uh, to kind of further debunk the point about like how could people move big stone, I would also mention because uh, Justin pointed this out uh, before the show started that there's a guy who made a stone henge out of cars called Car Henge. Yes, nice. There's also just a guy who made his own stone henge. 
and it was it wasn't done like it was done by a guy yeah is it to scale uh i don't think it's quite to scale i think it might be like sim- like the stones might be of similar size but it might not be as big and elaborate but some guy in the u.s still who cool. had a lot of property and time on his hands made a stonehenge there was also in rockbridge county virginia foamhenge oh. which i haven't seen stonehenge oh. but i have seen foamhenge okay it's a one-to-one scale recreation of stonehenge but the stones are made of blocks of foam. I'm looking this up now. Yes. This done is by, cool. It was done by Mark Klein, who is also notable for another roadside attraction very close to Foamhenge called Dinosaur Kingdom 2, which has okay. a bunch of dinosaurs made out of foam, and they're attacking Union soldiers. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's great. What happened to Dinosaur Kingdom politics. 1? Did he do Dinosaur Kingdom 1? Is there a I pre- believe, prequel? I, I think uh, Dinosaur Kingdom 1 is actually called Dinosaur Land. All right. There's enough. Okay. On that note, when you were talking about uh, uh, this Dinosaur Land, I have to say, um, there's enough listeners to this podcast that there has to be at least one person who makes mods for Victoria 3. All I'm saying, mm-hmm. all I'm saying, mm-hmm. your assignment is in front of you. Yes. That is all. Yes. This is, I've never heard of Foamhenge, but I, this feels attainable to me. I could go see this. I don't know if I could ever go see actual Stonehenge, but I live in Virginia. I'm like here. I I believe they moved Foamhenge to Cox's Farm in Loudoun County. Um, that might that's be like even near, close. near Centerville. Oh my uh, gosh. I have to point out, I was, um, I was wrong about there being a reconstruction of, uh, like a, a full reconstruction of Stonehenge because there isn't, uh, a reconstruction of Stonehenge. There are several, uh, one of them is in Washington state. That's the one that's like the big one in the U S but I just realized that if any of you has $5 million lying around, one of them is for sale in the, in Australia. <laughs> Oh, nice. you can own your own hand. Yeah, oh, hand to call is, your own. All right, I did look it up on on Google Maps. This is this is a couple hours away from me. I think I could go there. That would be fun. There you go on location. Yes, and then you just ask, how did somebody? How can? How do you move big foam? <laughs> how, how, did how do you move, move big blocks of foam? <laughs> <laughs> it seems impossible. <laughs> it was like that Simpsons, uh, like that pyramid made out of cans, and it's like it took ten full grown men to lift it. <laughs> um, <laughs> So the other thing too is that uh, is that like many other nearby monuments and like many subjects of the show in 1986, UNESCO decided to call it a World Heritage Site because um, that just seems obvious at this point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stonehenge was we we see evidence that for that Stonehenge saw use continuous use for 2,000 years and has given a lot of insight into how people lived in Neolithic and Bronze Age Bronze Age world. It has uh, today it is still historically and significant and symbolic for the British people Mm -hmm. and uh, is beyond the British people. It's also just a part of the collective human story because, you know, the Neolithic period, like it's it's a, it's a, it's a huge symbol of what humans were capable of in prehistory that we get very few good examples of it. More important than that. It's on our podcast graphic. Yeah, I do. I do like the idea of, you know, what, what, what is using Stonehenge? It's like a guy walks up and looks through the stone. He's like, yep, it's it's spring. <laughs> OK, I was wondering about that. Too. I wasn't going to say anything. I was like, what do you mean it's been in use? Like, what are they, been what are they doing? It's like yeah, some some guy takes a look. Uh, he's in Neolithic uh, high vis with a Neolithic clipboard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, ah, yep, yep. This one checks uh, out. Spring it is. This yeah. one checks. 
so, so you're right, not wrong. Time does, to sew. Yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong. It does have a very uh, practical use of being a calendar, and you can, by standing at the center of Stonehenge, see what part of the year you're in. It has had That's multiple awesome. other uses as well, though. And the thing is that, and this is when you deal with sites that are thousands of years old like this, they were not always the same uses at different times. Oh. Uh, the people, it seems, but through some of the evidence at the site, we have found that there was some form of ancestor worship. We see that there were rituals performed at the site that include uh, honoring deceased ancestors Mm -hmm. uh, because we have seen the evidence of cremation burials at the site. Uh, The ashes of deceased were placed in pits around Stonehenge, indicating that it's important for some kind of ancestor-related ceremony. So there's also like a a religious connotation to its site. Um, These remains were found in what are called the Aubrey Holes, um, and uh, some burials uh, that some of the uh, some of the burials at this site actually predate the building of Sto- the earliest building of Stonehenge. So it seems that the site was significant for various religious stuff even before they built the henge on top of it. Oh, okay, that's interesting. The thing though, it, what makes it interesting is that there are there is evidence of ashes of like like cremation burials happening there, but not as many as one would suspect. Which is making some of the experts at the site, like for example archaeologist um, Mike Parker Pearson, who's like one of like the world's big experts on Stonehenge. Okay. That it might have been a burial ground for a royal family over many generations because I if was, it had been like a cemetery for everyone, it would be full of them, but there's only I was a thinking, few. Yeah. So. Yeah. Has Mike Parker Pearson ever appeared on Ancient Aliens to sort of clear up any of the stuff that they've said? They're probably, like, if he had, it would be like in one of those times where they do get a real expert on it and they get them to say like three words or like Stonehenge is, and then they just like cut away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just imagining it like being deconsecrated in some way that converted into apartments. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, God. No. Yeah. The, the henges at Salisbury. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's, got a, it's got a microbrewery on the first floor. Yeah. And yeah. like, I don't know, I think that place with pour over coffee. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. The microbrewery. The IPA called. there fucking rules, though. It yeah. rules, man. They, that <laughs> liquid bread they got, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so, this, but yeah, like, um, so, but the thing is that this is actually a little bit of a hot button issue. There are critiques of this idea that it was a site of bur- a burial site because it, because of the timing of the things and mm. also that it doesn't necessarily confirm that this was primarily a burial site. Sure. That it might have had a broader ritualistic or ceremonial value. Mm-hmm. And also, so there's not really conclusive evidence to to really say what this site was used for. And also, in the more annoying thing that academics will say is that it also was probably not used for any single thing for the entire time it was existed, and it probably changed purposes over the period. Sure. Uh, again, it's, around for, it's old. It's old as balls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a mixed-use development. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now, as far as the solstices thing goes, uh, it, it was useful for tracking the year as far as like, you know, agricultural cycles of, the, of, of things. But also uh, people were tracking the solstices without using henges in the past. So it's a lot of work to have a calendar uh, when mm-hmm. like just like, you know, kind of tracking things was was doable by the smartest person who lived in town at the time. So this would at least suggest that there was some sort of ceremonial or ritualistic importance to the solstices and that they mm. probably gathered there and did something that was associated with those. And Maybe there was a village of really dumb people and the other villages <laughs> mm. had to get together and build them a henge so they could figure out what the hell was going on. <laughs> like out of like charity. Because they were like mm. planting their wheat in like October and they're like, no, yeah, exactly, exactly. No, 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 this no, town just doesn't have a shaman. We need to like build them like a, an auto shaman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. All right, look through this hole. That's when you're supposed to sow the wheat. We couldn't have made it's it. Like any they find like an engraving with like a painted arrow on it and like a picture yeah. of a wheat plant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So and then there's yeah, there's another one like on the other side that just says that has like a like a scythe and, and wheats, and it's like, listen, do this one there, do that one there. Mm-hmm. You should be okay. Don't yes. eat anyone between these two periods. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, as far as uh, the building of Stonehenge, it's pretty much it's it's pretty like uh, it's been pretty well studied, and it seems that hundreds of people were involved with it. It had to be transported, shaped, and erected over uh, a long uh, period of time, and would have involved a lot of labor. A uh, constructed mm. construction of it started at around 2300 BCE and spanned approximately 600 years. So how so how move big rock is is usually two answers: um, simple machines or lots of time. Yeah. Yeah, I, this is another thing I don't get about the ancient alien stuff is like they had a lot of people. You can do a lot of stuff with a lot of people, including mm-hmm. move big rock. Yeah. Um, you know, you have a lot of people, a lot of time. You, you grab a, you streaming grab a bunch services of had get... not been invented yet. Video games had not been invented yet. What yeah, else are you going to do? It's like, you know, it's just a bunch of the bunch of the lads in the village are like, hey, let's go move the big rock. Let's go move that rock. Um, we got nothing else to do. You we, guys see this cool rock over a, here? Do you want to like bring it over couple, here? Couple, I mean, one, too many. Uh, uh, had a couple too many liquid breads mm-hmm. and uh, all of a sudden it's rock moving time. Mm-hmm. I mean, the pharaohs <laughs> promised free beer and they built the pyramids with it. So you exactly. know, you, just, you can do a lot. You can do a um, lot. But like we have seen that like at the site, we've seen like uh, excavated a bunch of stuff to show the kind of tools that were used to build it. Uh, the primary ones being stone tools made of flint, but also antler picks. Uh, the flint tools like cups and axes were used for things like shaping the stones. Uh, we found about 50,000 of these picks uh, and uh, and also of red deer antlers. So 50,000, like think about in Minecraft terms, right? Like uh, the, mm, yes. using them, you use them up. So you have to like, that's one of the downsides of um, working with matter is that everything breaks yeah. apart over time. That's true. Um, stone more so uh, or flint and, and antler more so, but uh, they did do it. We also found evidence of hammer stones, which is uh, a stone that you use to bash things with. <laughs> Uh, and also mm-hmm. uh, they had rope with plant fiber used. So oh, if you're cool. trying to figure out how do you push the stone to get it erect, rope, rope. Rope. Just use some rope. Yes. rope and people <laughs> rope, big hole, bunch of people. That's it. Uh, same, same story as uh, well, actually it's not quite the same story as uh, Easter Island. Easter Island did have a little bit of that, but they actually, I don't know if you saw, I don't know if you know this, Justin, but they built Stonehenge by, uh, or they moved the, um, the Easter Island rocks by like moving it. Like you'd move a big fridge, like where they kind of like walk it a little bit. Be, like where you like take the door off. So it fits through the entryway. Yeah. <laughs> they have to do that <laughs> exactly. part. Yep. Oh man. On that note, fun, personal story, new year's Eve this year, uh, get woken up because, uh, we smell a chemical smell in the house and our refrigerator is dead. And we were like, Oh shit. Uh Oh, chemical leak. Uh Oh, uh, not so good. So we had to call a couple guys to come look at it. And uh, they're like, yeah, your fridge is fucked. Um, sorry about that. New year, new and, fridge. Uh, yeah. Well, and then we call for a new fridge and we got a new fridge and pay a way more money than I'd like for a new fridge. Sure. And then they're like, uh, they call us up and they're like, so can you like go without a fridge until like February? <laughs> is wow. February good? Oh my God. And I was like, so like sometime in like late January, early February, uh, until then my refrigerator is a little bar fridge and mm. a Rubbermaid container on the back deck because it's winter time. I was going to say, it depending on the weather, it, you could you could skate by a little bit. But Classic oh Canadian move, uh, keeping your booze on the back deck so that you can like, you don't have to put it in the fridge. Oh my goodness. So, 
Yeah, that's fun. Uh, and yeah, using construction. So basically the stones were rough shaped using chipping. Uh-huh. Ancient technique of hitting thing, hitting stones with other stones until pieces of the other stone come off. Uh-huh. And then until it gets into the shape you need. Uh, useful for making arrowheads. Useful for making spears. Also useful for shaping bigger stones. Uh, and they even found that there was uh, like they had like more abrasive stones used to actually polish it to a finish. So at one oh, point it was very, very nice. Nice and shiny. The, before the invention of sandpaper. Um, again, they were moved using plant fiber ropes and wooden sleds. Easy. Uh, sleds also useful. And then also transported over rivers to get to the position it was in. Uh, because the stones were actually quarried in Wales, of all places, to get to where it was at. So it did have to go quite a ways. Had to go a right. while. Mm-hmm. They also, yeah, they they dug holes to erect the stones, potentially even using weights to help tip them upright. There's signs of mortise holes and protruding tenons, uh, which I don't know what those two words mean, because I'm, I'm not a rock engineer, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm guessing, oh man, I probably should have Googled this. I'm yeah. sure it's a way to keep them keep them tighten up right you know a mortise okay a mortise is a hole cut into a timber to receive a tenon thanks awesome yes it's like a Perfect. it's like lego kind of yeah yeah it's kind of like what we saw in oh yeah mortise and tenon so you know like when you have like us like a hole in a yeah. you know, piece of wood and you connect it and then you put like a tenon is like the little thing you put in to clog it up oh yes. little, like dowel thing yeah yeah that's what we're looking at easy i built i built this shelf the other day look at me <laughs> i know what mortises and tendons are tenons i said it right do you think when they finished the hinge, they were like sad because there was no more hinge to build? There's no more hinge. For they they were left like, for yeah. there were no more hinge. There were no more <laughs> hinges. To for there were no more hinges to build. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We should have made it bigger so we had like, more to do. What what do we what do we do now? We finished the hinge. It took six hundred years. We gotta find something that'll take another six hundred years to do. And then someone, people are gonna get bored. someone approaches yeah. is like, no, 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 this is just the stone hinge. We're going to make a bunch of other hinges made of other stuff. Have you heard other of stuff foam? We're going to make, we're gonna make <laughs> a foam hinge? Cars. That's going to take so a couple wood of years, years. A wood hinge. We have to invent cars Bone and then make a car head. I'm sure exists. So we'll this, this, this fits into my overall theory because imperialism was uh, to shortly follow. Um, I have this. Uh, this is my invented conspiracy theory. It's not true, but I want to believe it anyway, which sure. is the busybody theory of European colonization, which is that um, the CIA invented complicated board games uh, to keep the Europeans occupied so that they don't default to their natural uh, behavior of trying uh, to conquer the world. Yeah. <laughs> So like that, they keep Germany under control by inventing Ticket to Ride and like <laughs> <laughs> and paradox games. Um, uh, so uh, and the most important, the most impressive part of building Stonehenge that I always thought of is how do you get that vertical one in place or the sort of horizontal one, right? Yeah, the uh, one that's like yeah. stacked on two of them. The one on the one on top. Yeah, that yeah. sounds like the difficult bit. So they use apparently timber platforms. So they use scaffolding. Okay. All right. That sounds about right. Yeah. You just sort of like jack it up there over like, uh, you know, a couple days. That's probably not even like especially tie, difficult. You could probably like tie ropes to it, put the ropes over the two vertical parts, pull it up just enough to put like a little bit of wood underneath, then let it down and then just do that a bunch of times. Just and do that, keep doing that over and over again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good. That's smart. Turns out when you have 600 years to build something, you can find a solution like that. Yeah. When you have people in time, put mm-hmm. your heads together. Yeah. I think I saw like a BBC documentary about this where they actually tried to use the ancient methods to stand up a similar sized stone and they got it done in like an hour, like an afternoon. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Um, these stones were called the blue stones. Uh, they're they're from Wales uh, and that they there's evidence that they were quarried, chiseled 
with uh, with chisel marks from wooden wedges and were found at these quarry sites and transported using sleds and rollers. You know, your classic yeah wheel things yeah and on and to to kind of like to kind of to fill it out uh there's a lot of folklore about the site it's a big part of british identity and just uh human identity there's legends that it was uh that the devil uh the devil bought the stones at what from an elderly irish woman and transported them to their current location uh there's a legend that dancing giants that the, the, that the stones were once giants that turned into stones while dancing oh, on the Salisbury Plain. Right. That'll happen. Uh, there's a legend suggesting that Danes erected Stonehenge, invading, uh, invaded stone, or sorry, invaded and put it up. Uh, there's ones that they were put up by magic by Merlin. Oh, I've heard of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've also heard of that one. Um, but then, you know, you got to ask, what, what did Merlin use it for? Or did you just like mm-hmm. look at it and say, that looks nice? He was like, I made this a hand for me. King Arthur, look at me. I made a hand. I made a hand. It's the most yeah. impressive thing anyone's ever done. So apparently uh, the legend goes that he transported the stones to Ireland and then giants assembled them. So he was even hiring, you know, oh my God. He cheap didn't even do it do himself. Uh, he, he, he didn't even do anything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so when you say Merlin did it, you really mean the workers did it. I see yeah, how yeah, yeah, Ber- it Merlin history paid never for it, changes. Yeah. yeah. Hardworking, working class giants made that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and, and like we see, st- we see depictions of Stonehenge in like medieval uh, chronicles it's in popular media and even today we see it as a symbol of like enigmatic timelessness and these myths are still uh, important to how this all stuff works are you guys ready for though the issues about the, the the patented section where tristan makes you sad i'm never ready for this section but people seem to like it oh, i'm excited all right we've got the whole range of human emotion here <laughs> yeah <laughs> We did it. Okay. Uh, first of all, we're having a lot of issues with keeping Stonehenge uh, together. So uh, turns out thousands of years can do a number on everything, including rocks. Mm. So some issues are that paraglacial processes, i.e. like the sort of period of freezing and thawing over millennia, causes things to move and change at the site, uh, meaning that uh, there's been like a downslope movement of like the big stones, which makes uh, preserving it a bit complicated. Mm -hmm. There's also the big issue of... And I didn't realize this, but apparently badgers are a major issue at Stonehenge. So <laughs> oh. uh, badgers uh, burrow at the site and uh, there are badgers at Stonehenge. And apparently they're doing stuff like while burrowing, like moving around artifacts or digging up human remains and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and their burrowing can also disrupt the sort of uh, stratigraphic layers, making that the 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 the. the the, the, the layers and context of things move around, which is really important for doing archaeological research and because, you know, where things are and how they were found is really yeah. important. Have we scanned underground to see if they have a badger henge, like badger. a uh, underground <laughs> yeah. version that's just for them? In their own. I have a new theory about yeah. who built Stonehenge. Uh, <laughs> to build Stonehenge, you need to build a big hole. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Non-badger burrowing animals are also an issue. Apparently, burrowing is a major problem in Britain. Um, animals Goodness. like moles and rabbits have apparently uh, like disrupted enough of the, the dirt to have some issues with potentially causing stones to shift or even collapse, especially in the warmer months. Oof. And they have done mitigation efforts, including an attempt to relocate the badgers away from the areas <laughs> and building fences around them. 
Um, yeah, but these are costly and uh, can sometimes like in building something to keep the badges away, cause even more damage by building stuff around it. Because what uses a Stonehenge if you have to build like a giant wire, like wall, like a fence around yeah. it or something, right? Yeah. Badger proof fence. Yeah. Yeah. So then they have to like build. Uh, so managing and keeping the site preserved is quite a task in and of itself. Furthermore, a lot of that periglacial stuff, like a lot of the times where it's the most, uh, the most problem, the most change can happen is between like freezing and thawing stuff, but also when the soft, the, the soil is softest, which is in like the hot, warmer months. And if there was only some kind of ongoing process happening to the planet in which the warmer months are getting warmer and lasting longer, that might um, cause things like this to be mm-hmm. problematic. Well, it's also, you know, you, you mentioned that it's made out of uh, bluestone, which from my experience, I'm not sure if the Welsh bluestone is similar to like the bluestone we have in the United States, but it's it's a crappy building material. It's really bad. Oh, um, that drags them. Oh, it, my God. Yeah, it, it, it falls apart real easily under like if you look at it funny, it will fall <laughs> apart at you. So, you know, it, it's almost as bad as brownstone, which is real bad. Mm. Um, but, you know, the 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 thing here is maybe what you have to do is maybe you have to consider rebuilding it in a better material um <laughs> gotta get some granite up in here bring in some italian get some granite and put yeah. it together yes get some cast stone in there you know uh put some coping on top so it doesn't weather as easily yeah. um i don't there's a lot of improvements there's a I lot think we could do, do here let's tell yeah. so the microbrewery gets in and yeah, yeah. <laughs> let this, us this do site it. Is generating no money let's let, let, let's throw like a that's a good point yeah i mean we got to make this revenue positive <laughs> somehow um, are you guys gentrifying stonehenge <laughs> no never all i'm saying is if if you want to preserve the structure sometimes you have to make some modern interventions Mm -hmm. (laughs) make it out of foam for example example, not a single casino at stonehenge right now Mm -hmm. well no actually foamhenge did fall apart where they had to basically recreate it when they moved gosh oh no Technology's gotten worse. Yeah. Um, and then there's the other part that I also have to always get to because you're talking to me, and that is um, Stonehenge also has been co-opted by uh, dipshit nationalists. So a lot of the claims around Stonehenge have been co-opted by political movements, including far-right ethno-nationalist and nationalist groups uh, to say that you know Stonehenge is a uh, uh, part of a narrative of pure indigenous British identity that aligns with their often racist thoughts about things uh the bnp which is basically a a fascist party in the uk Mm -hmm. has argued that the megaliths uh at stonehenge are achievements of the first indigenous britons and uh use that to push up anti-immigration anti-multiculturalism that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and has been uh you know used for spreading xenophobia and nationalist sentiments pseudoscientific theories about stonehenge also being alien uh undermines the legitimate you know actual research that went into it so you know the main thing and i think this is like a um like if you think about it like in the u.s similar well this isn't used in the case of stonehenge although there is a little bit of that because like the other thing too is that uh white skin white people Mm -hmm. like um Yes. The development of white skin is with the combination of agriculture and low sunlight because you're not getting your vitamin D through food or the sun. Uh. So that's like part of that. But it means that like, you know, Paleolithic or like ancient Britain people didn't have pale skin until agriculture became was around for like a long time, long enough time for us to evolve that. Right. Mm, So this is why, like, for example, like the Inuit people don't have pale skin. Right. Mm -hmm. So this part is like uh, like part of a large 
literature story where like every time uh they like dig up like an uh, ancient stone age british person and shows that they had like you know tan skin or something like that that the bnp gets all angry and everyone gets like everyone makes youtube videos in their their front car uh, the front seat of their car about it or something yep uh, <laughs> and and it, it, it trying to kind of associate it with this but the thing is that this specific like stone like the kind of arguments used to dismiss stonehenge as being built by aliens mm-hmm. a lot of these a lot of these similar types of arguments mm-hmm. are used for diminishing the work done by indigenous peoples uh, across the world and i'm you know yeah. case in point most of this show like for example yeah uh all the things built in mexico like uh or egypt or or whatnot and the reason that it got us to like episode 109 before we got to stonehenge is Finally, kind of an important part this. of this yeah because stonehenge often gets brought up by people trying to defend ancient astronaut theorists against uh accusations of racism because they'll be like well what about stonehenge we think that was aliens too we are several episodes in we're in like season two of ancient aliens and they still have yet to really talk about stonehenge um they've mm. talked about a whole lot of non-white people stuff but i was wondering uh, why stonehenge, it took them so long yeah stonehenge seems to be more used defensively than you know part of their their major argument mm. uh, i guess is the, the whole thing that i would put together there and it's always it's sort of like the it's almost like the token european thing that they can use to to dismiss uh, accusations of racism that have shown up over and over again in yeah. the way that they talk about ancient astronaut or ancient astronaut theorists talk about these sort of things. That's interesting. In the fact that it did take them to season two to talk about it almost makes me feel like after season one, they probably got complaints about that exact thing of just like, well, you guys are just being Well, I will racist. say that like, oh, um, no, 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 no. it didn't take them until season two because they still have yet to talk about it. I introduced this because we were having Justin on the show and I knew that it was an engineer, so I wanted an engineering project. Oh. I the choice yeah of a few of them i see so they still haven't talked about it is what you're saying yeah and his reply was and i quote i love a good henge <laughs> yes i like a good henge but you know the thing the thing that's gotten me about this whole thing i, I it probably wasn't aliens because aliens would have known to use a different kind of stone <laughs> aliens yeah. know their stones they know their stone i would hope so yeah yeah they have to yeah, they so. would have found something like granite and uh, and something that's more yeah. that can bear a load better for overtime. Yeah, if, if, they, they're, if they're if they're moving at like 140 miles, you'd think they'd pick something better, a little bit better. within that radius. Yeah, <laughs> granite. If it, if it had been made of granite, like for example, you know, like um uh, uh Puma Punku in uh, mm. like that was made of granite, and that yeah. granite is like that you can tell because like its edges are still pretty sharp and like yeah that kind of like it, it's like held together like really precise, and you still can't. Put Put like a credit card through the gaps and it's like in the stones that's 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 what granite gets you <laughs> that's the good stuff right there yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah, the granite or like the Romans used tufa. Uh, that's a good one. Mm. Um, although that may be a form of granite. I'm not sure. Or no, tufa is sort of a, a, a igneous rock. I, I don't remember. Well, if we uh, make our own, we can make it out of ligma. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Thanks. No one took the bait, but I appreciate no, it. No, I'm, I'm not taking the bait. <laughs> I'm not taking the bait. <laughs> We're too smart for that. Well, I might be old, but I'm not. I'm. I'm not even old enough, or I'm not old enough to not fall for that one. All right. <laughs> but yeah, that is that is but that is Stonehenge, it. a that's very Stonehenge. buildable thing that definitely has uh, definitely has some cool like innovations and a symbol of a very uh, amazing achievement of humanity, but is definitely not in need of 
tractor beams or whatever it is that the aliens needed to provide to make it possible. And theoretically, whenever Ancient Aliens does legitimately try to talk about Stonehenge, I imagine they must at some point. Uh, we'll talk there. I'm sure we'll talk about it again. I know there's a lot of stuff that for time we, we sort of uh, skipped, skipped over and, and cut yeah. out, but we will, we'll be back. We'll be back. Just like the yeah, pyramids. We didn't even go into archaeo, uh, archaeo astronomy and stuff like I had a whole section on that where we kind of just like, ah, time. we'll talk about <laughs> um, it. You know how many t- episodes we've done about the pyramids? We'll be back. Yeah. yeah. And now, um, now we're going to do a unique section called safety fourth. Uh, oh boy. No. <laughs> uh, speaking of if you do want to see us uh, uh a podcast about engineering and specifically when when people also build things out of substandard materials and face the consequences of it uh yes. justin can you uh what, what, what kind of where could i go to listen to a show like that so you can go on youtube or wherever fine podcasts are sold and listen to well there's your problem it's a podcast about engineering disasters with slides so you can see what's going on um yeah it's it's there. It's on YouTube. We do. We have many episodes of varying lengths about various engineering disasters, which uh, span the globe and which are, you know, varying the severity. Uh, and and we make jokes. It's good. It's a good podcast. You should listen to it. Yeah. Extremely funny. A couple a couple that stick out to me is one uh, early episode where you have to explain to Alice why you do want things to move, and Alice talking about yes. why she's like, no, everything just needs to be really rigid, and then it's sturdy forever. Um, but. Uh, uh, <laughs> Well, you know, it's very sturdy and rigid are rocks and yet Stonehenge has largely fallen over. And yet. Yeah. Uh, if you want a, um, if you also want an episode that would appeal to people uh, who like this show, you did one of the best descriptions of uh, 9-11 that debunks the 9-11 truth movement that I think I've seen on the internet. So that is a really, really good one to cover. Uh, yeah, that's that's a big one. Yeah, I've, I've worked on exactly one controlled demolition, and that's one more than most people. So uh, I have authority to speak on what's a controlled demolition <laughs> and not. <laughs> yeah, excellent. As far as this show goes, if you want to listen to more episodes, we this is the, this is our I, I've said it several times this is our 109th episode. So there's 108 other ones you can listen to. Yeah, uh, and you can keep up with that by going to probsnotaliens.com or by uh, following us at probsnotaliens on Twitter or Blue Sky. And because of our tradition, we have Blue Sky codes to give out. Woo! All right, so free to a good home. Bsky social ru five in of three mf. Come join us. Go on and say hi. Uh, Justin, are you on? You're you're undercover on Twitter for uh, for yeah. uh, for reasons that have to do with the Punic yeah. Wars. But uh, are you on yes. Blue Sky? I am on Blue Sky. I am. What am I? I you, do not eat that Blue Sky dot social. There you go. Perfect. Uh, Scott, yeah, if hi. I wanted to learn about a series of Scooby-Doo records that might have gone <gasps> completely lost and feature the most hillbilly Southern uh, <laughs> shaggy I've well, ever heard. Well, one, the British one that I don't have features a hillbilly shaggy. But yes, this is a Tristan does a bit at the end of these episodes where he features some of my old videos, but this is my newest one. So what a surprise for me. I got through a car ball every once in a while. I uh, I made a video where I accidentally discovered some nearly lost Scooby-Doo media 
and I uploaded it to the internet for everyone to listen to. And I got a lot of great comments saying that they were listening to it with their kids and everything. So that was fantastic. Uh, you can go check that out over on my YouTube channel, NerdSync, N-E-R-D-S-Y-N-C. Uh, and it's all, it's all one word. That's just that's just what I do. Tristan, what do you do on the internet besides this? I hear you also do YouTube and Nebula. Yeah, I have a YouTube channel called Step Back where I try to show why having a history education is important for understanding why the world is the giant mess that it is. Uh, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, I think that my latest video is on the land back movement, but soon on its heels will be a video on Israel and Palestine, which I am um, oh, fun. very looking forward to the responses from that one. Mm. But I am closely working with a uh, close friend of mine from, uh, from my master's who is like, he has been like a multi-decade long Palestinian rights activist. So I'm really excited to make this video. Yes. And also just uh, while we're at it, just check out do not eat yeah. zero one while we're there because oh, there's yeah. some great stuff on there it's, too there's still it's still up you can still look at it yeah, <laughs> yeah. uh and if you um if you uh if you are listening to this show you could have you could be listening to the next episode early because if you go to nebula.tv slash probably not aliens and sign what? up for nebula That's you get episodes a full week early so they're already listening to episode 110 we're already doing I, I, it right now at the point i'm recording this i do not know what it's about we haven't so, recorded that one obviously yeah. we're recording this one still mm-hmm <laughs> Uh, and of course you can always leave reviews, uh, on whatever platform yeah. you are, because, uh, that helps Apple you know, Podcasts, drive the algo. Spotify, uh, you can tell your friends about the show. It also helps. Mm-hmm. And a really great place to send people is a very simple website, probsnotaliens.com. It's got links to all the places you can listen to the show, social media stuff, uh, to follow us and things like that. So go check it out. But I believe that's it. Justin, thank you so much for, for being here. It was a delight. Oh. Oh, no problem. I always enjoy talking about henges. Yeah. You got to find some more henges to talk about. Got to find more Mm -hmm. henges to talk about. That's all for now. Next week, we're going to cover the Tacoma Bridge disaster. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) until then, the truth is out there. Probably. Because it's a it's, it's fulcrum. Yeah. Oh, it's a fulcrum. Yes. I see. Yes. Lever. Probably. Levers. Levers. Yes. Inclined Give planes. me a what was what's that line? Give me a long enough lever, I can move the world. Give me a long enough lever and a place to stand, and I shall move the earth. Yes, that was Archimedes, I believe. Nice. Dang.